What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, second time on the program, Damian Becton, comic Worlds Away, issue two. Thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me back. I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm I'm excited for what's, what's about to happen. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it hasn't even been that long. Nope. It's, it's been like, what, probably two? Not even two months ago? Three months two, ago? Maybe. Two months ago. So to <laughs> be honest, you are turning these out pretty quick, brother. You know, this is this is a good sign. Hey, I promise you, when the first one dropped, when I started sending them out, you know, I always had an idea it was going to be a pretty quick turnaround. But I promise you, when um, <laughs> when I sent them out, I dropped the Kickstarter or uh, the pre-launch page like that. I, I think I sent them on Sunday or, or on Saturday. And then the pre-launch page was up on when, Tuesday or Wednesday. It just happened to be like that. Um, hey. Hey, but it worked out. I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better um, turnaround. Look, one of the best things as far as customer retention is the fulfillment process. Yep. Once we feel we got a, uh, got a, the product in our hands, we know that we basically want to make that purchase one more time. Yeah. And, I, and that, that's something that I had to, because, um, you know, it was fun making the book. Um, but boy, I tell you, packaging and put it in it, um, in the boxes, that was, whew. um, but it was fun too. You know, it was like cool thing, just really visualizing how many people actually was interested in this project. It was like a hundred plus, a hundred plus on physical rewards. So, um, shout out to y'all mm -hmm. if y'all chose to, um, to back it. And I appreciate all everyone who supported us and everyone who didn't support us, who even just clicked on the page. I appreciate y'all. Word, not I'm pretty sure you felt like the UPS man for about a good month. Hey man, it was fun. It was it was, I promise you, it was fun. Uh, you know, it was probably the least fun part of the entire process, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if we can, can we recap Worlds Away issue one? So we are uh basically centering this storyline by a young girl by the name of Mackenzie and her mother Serenity. Uh, if you would, please. Sure. Um, so in Worlds Away, issue number one, um, well, and we'll talk about some spoilers. Um, in issue one, Serenity and Mackenzie, they end up um, crash landing. It's like a futuristic kind of universe. Um, and they crash land on an alien planet. Um, they don't know what kind of planet it is. They haven't traveled too far um, away from the ship. But... In in their in in their journey, they find out that there's an energy source that could be used to um, to fuel their escape from this planet. And then, um, in their journey for looking for this this energy source, they find out that this planet is not a more is not a sci-fi type planet. It's more of a mystical, magical type planet with um, you know uh, with with people on there um, and these people, these aliens, they have mystical powers, they have magical powers and they get accosted um, by this witch. Um, they don't know what the witch wants. Um, the witch is trying to abduct um, Mackenzie. And, you know, as soon as that happens, my, um, Serenity's mother mode just kicks right in and Serenity and Serenity and Mackenzie, they're equipped with these Iron Man type um, high tech armor and weapons. Um, but it's a it's a huge clash of sci-fi and fantasy um, and that's where we kind of uh, leave off um, they get accosted by the witch 
and um, they're in mid battle, and we got to see how they how they escape this one if they escape. Right, because uh, if we if we're talking about in the first first issue, uh, about seventy five percent of this book, of course, was built on the origin of Serenity and Mackenzie and what they basically went through and the dynamic in which um, Mackenzie held with her father, uh, Zaire. Correct. Zaire. Yep. Yeah, and and basically like um, how their relationship unfolded and the resentment that she has towards her mother's serenity. Yep, um, and again, I, I may have talked about it last time, but a lot of this story, it, it comes from um, personal experience. It's not quite as extreme as this. You know, okay. I got along with my mother, um, great. Um, but my mother and my father, they, um, they, were sep- they were separated when I was growing up. I lived with my mom. I preferred to be with my dad, um, but it was it wasn't until later that I realized, you know, how hard my mom worked. Um, she worked from twelve p.m. to twelve a.m. Um, and it was my dad who always picked me up. Um, but from school, he went to my games. Um, I re- um, I only really saw my mom on the weekend and stuff. Um, so this story is kind of a reflection of that. Um, again, it's more of an extreme reflection of that. Um, but um, you'll see a lot of that in um, Serenity's relationship with Mackenzie, the mother and the daughter, the daughter and the mother. Uh, Mackenzie, the daughter, um, you, you very much see how she doesn't get along. She really isn't too fond of her mother. Um, she pre- would prefer to be with her dad. But, you know, some things happen at the beginning of the story where, where right. that can't quite happen. Um, and she is, I like the word you use, she's kind of resentful. Um, um, towards your mother she really um and they're real honestly they're really not um huge fans of each, huge fans of each other but serenity you know that's her baby serenity uh serenity the mom you know she would do anything literally anything for her daughter um even if that even if her mother uh even if Mackenzie disagrees with it even if um you know it's at at the cost of their relationship she is willing to do whatever it takes to keep her daughter safe. And that's what the real crux of this story is. Mm-hmm. Um, her literally doing whatever it takes to get off of this planet, even if it costs them their relationship. And they and they fight magical, oh. mystical beasts along the way. That's, that is that's one thing that you see consistent <laughs> in this storyline. Now, even, even in the midst of the absence of Zaire, you realize how big of a protector serenity is towards Mackenzie and how that is the motivating factor of how their relationship works I mean it may not work like a quintessential uh, mother-daughter relationship does but it seems to benefit them in some sort of way because through through the commands and how she speaks to her and everything not to say that she's militant but she is kind of militant you know in in the way that she describes herself um now, there is a, a, a small connection, of course, that she kind of uses to link herself to her father. And that is pretty much uh, the connection that she has with her father is through music. Uh, yeah. You saw that probably like in the first page There's also a QR code in the book that kind of like details uh, what is it? it's like a playlist. Correct. Um, yeah. So one of the things that, uh, you know, I wanted to add an extra twist to the book, something um an extra layer to it um mm-hmm. and one of the things that uh, i saw i think it's becoming more more and more popular um the use of qr codes in comic books 
Um, and I always want to incorporate some some kind of twist or some kind of music in some way. But instead of um, you know just putting the lyrics or just putting or just putting like musical notes in the letters, um, mm-hmm. the thing that I chose to do was actually curate a um, a playlist, like you said. Um, so in every issue, um, whether it's a splash page or one panel here, um, there will be some type of music in each issue. So in issue two, there's going to be one. I think it's uh it, page two or three i'm not entirely I believe sure. so yeah um yep. so whenever that pops up uh it's whatever um happens in the qr code that's exactly what serenity is listening to or Mackenzie or zaire will be listening to mm-hmm. on that specific panel um but really it could have been i i could have chosen anything um for um that i guess that that binding factor or that thing that holds um Seren- uh, Mackenzie and Zaire the father and the daughter their relationship together um for me um and that came from me and my dad you know I like I said I I prefer to stay with my dad because you know we, we got along great we was chilling all day he picked me up from school he picked me up from practice he went to all my games um but uh comic books were really the one thing that uh, to this day, that is probably our real super connection. He's the one who got me into comic books. He's the one who got me into Marvel, um, Incredible Hulk. His two favorites are the Incredible Hulk and and Thor. Um, and to this, like I said, to this day, every time he visits me, I take him to the comic book store. That's right down the road from me, uh, and that's how we bond. We uh, um, uh, and I wanted to, I guess, kind of immortalize that relationship with him in this comic book as well. So that relationship that um, Mackenzie and Zaire have in this with music is kind of like um, a reflection of me and my dad with uh, comic books. Uh, but yeah, and I think it turned out well. Um, actually in the next issue, um, the instrumental that I used is a beat that I made back when I was 15, 16 years old in high school. Uh. This first beat, <laughs> the beat that I made, or well, the beat that's in issue one, it's um, from the homie Padgett. I, um, he goes by Eli. His um, producer name is Eli. I call him Paget, but he made that beat and it's real dope. So if you do have issue one, make sure you scan that QR code and take a listen to uh, Paget's beat. Okay. Now, uh, it, if we if we're looking at the cliffhanger of this, and you alluded to it earlier, um, mm-hmm. they figured that this planet that they were on was a little was more so in, uh, uninhabitable, and mm-hmm. uh, them researching the area, looking for this energy source. They didn't suspect that anybody would be on this on this planet, let alone a deadly sorceress with mystical powers mm-hmm. who has taken a liking to Mackenzie more than anything. And it leaves the audience that much more curious as to why. Yep. Um, we'll see a little bit more if I'm lucky enough to make issue three and four. Um, we'll see a, a few more characters like this we're going to dive deeper into these mystical and magical type characters i don't want to spoil too much um but i will say that the um the witch or the character that's accosting or that runs up on them they're looking for the same resource so this might not be the um they might not find what they're looking for in this issue or maybe even the next issue um, but eventually that source will show up, that source of energy will show up and it'll cause some problems for pretty much everyone. Um, and 
hopefully, if you guys stick around, um, you'll see some twists and turns along the way that'll um, really show what these characters are like, specifically Serenity. We'll show exactly um, what she's willing to do um, to keep her daughter safe. Again, I keep talking about that, but you know, mm -hmm. that, that is the crux of the story. This is true. Now, there, there's this, uh, of course, uh, standoff scene in the last couple pages, and then we're, we're pushing ourselves in, into book two. And in book two, we get introduced to a couple of new characters in which you've alluded to in a summary. One by the name of Kalar and the other one by Silu. Mm -hmm. Now they are a father daughter, um, which is which is an which is another pretty much parallel as to the relationship that Serenity and Mackenzie are having. What can you tell us about these two new characters? Um, what I can tell you about them is just like Mackenzie and Serenity, they're both extremely dangerous. Um, they're both armed, uh, but and their relationship is a little bit different than Serenity and Mackenzie, where um, Mackenzie and Serenity, they don't get along at all. And that's that's evident from page three, four, five um, in Worlds Away number one. Mm -hmm. In um, issue two, when we meet these two characters, you'll see the father and daughter, Kalar and Silu, they, they get along great. Uh, or they get along better than those two, at least. Uh, but there is like a connecting thread um, that shows um, Kalar, the father, and Serenity. They they have uh, something in common, and that's they'll they want to keep um, their children safe. Um, mm -hmm. But the the difference is um, how they go about that, and that may or may not cause. Um, some issues going forward. Mm. Now, being how we already understand the dynamic uh, between Serenity and Mackenzie, and we understand the, the absence of Zaire, are we to then think that the, is this also similar in Kalar and Silu? Because we don't see a mother figure around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it, it's not, you know, <laughs> It's not too subtle, but it, you know you'll see that Silu and um, Kalar, they're pretty much gonna be what Mackenzie and Zaire would be if they if they were together. If you know if it ended up being Mackenzie and uh, Zaire stuck on this planet, then mm -hmm. you know they would be like looking into a mirror. Um, but it's not, and you know because of that. Mackenzie will feel a certain way. Serenity might feel a certain way um, because they both miss um, Zaire, the father. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a reflection of him right there, uh, mm. um, of everything that he could be right there. And that's going to cause, uh, that may or may not cause some issues, um, especially because Zaire is, um, I guess, more kind-hearted um, and Kalar um, personifies that as well. There's some lines that Kalar Zaire won't cross regardless, right. but uh, Serenity, you know, anything is anything is on the table when it comes to um, keeping Mackenzie safe. Now, would you say that um, the deadly sorcerers that we saw at the cliffhanger of issue one and the the race of, uh, I guess, of species that seems to be inhabiting the planet with Kalar and Silu, are they the same species? 
Uh, I would no, not exactly. Uh, you'll see. Again, I can't wait for. Um, <laughs> there's some things I'm, I I haven't put on the on the on the page yet. Right. There's gonna be all types of different creatures, all types of different races, all types of different alien races on this planet. Um, and we'll see going forward. Again, I keep saying, if I'm lucky enough to make these books, mm -hmm. um, you'll see that there's going to be, even if I like thinking ahead to issue seven, eight, nine, if I'm lucky enough to make those, um, you'll see that there's so much out there that I want to talk about or so much out there I want to create. Um, they're not quite the same race or not the same um, type of um, being, um, but you'll see that there a lot of them are after the same energy source or all a lot of them are after the same power source or the same relic so that they're able to, um, I guess, win more. Um, a lot of them are power hungry. A lot of them are just trying to survive. A lot of them um, are they're They're just living and um you know once you get a little bit of power or once you get a lot of power you're probably going to want more and that's what a lot of these characters are a lot of them are ruthless a lot of them um are killers um but we'll, like i said we'll cross that bridge when we come to it um but to answer your question no not quite okay um, they come from the same planet but they're not quite the same the same race so i'm i'm going to I'm going to suspect that the um, the relationship of Kylar and Silu is going to immediately impact and pretty much hold up a mirror to uh, the relationship of Serenity and Mackenzie moving forward. Absolutely. Um, and they're going to, again, I don't want to spoil too much, um, but there is going to be a, a bit of resentment there. There is going to be a bit of um, what could have been in, in the back of... Um, Mackenzie said the daughter's head um, and there's going to be a little bit of resentment there for Serenity because Serenity, um, you know, she, you know, she was with Zaire for years and years and years. Um, and there's a lot of, I guess, you know, it's like looking into a mirror or it's like having a, a second Zaire there. They're not, obviously they're not quite the same, but there's shades of Zaire in this new character, Kalar. Mm. So um, issue one being put out maybe around a couple months ago, mm -hmm. um, how would you say the reception from Worlds Away one was to uh, to the fans out there that bought the book to your family and how you described it vividly um, mm -hmm. and it being in almost in almost in a parallel sense to your own family? Uh, how did yeah. that go? Man, like everyone who's reached out to me, everyone who's messaged me um just telling me how much they they love the book um how you know how they were able to like connect with with the, any part of the book even like the qr code they thought was a good um a good addition to it um everyone that i've talked to um have has been you know they've been very receptive to it they they enjoyed it very much and i'm so thankful for them but i attribute a lot of that um to the other people I've collaborated with to the book because it looks great. You know, I can, I oh, can yeah. write whatever I, I can write whatever I want, but if the art isn't on point, if the lettering isn't on point, if the coloring isn't on point, then, you know, it won't be as good. It won't look as good as it does. So I want to give a shout out to Christian, Christian Prunesti, who's the 
the artist. He um, he's absolutely killing it. I can't wait for you guys to see um, issue two. Um, Luana Christina, who, who's on the colors, Reed Hinkley Barnes, who who does the letters, and Devin R. Scott, who's who's the editor on the book. Um, but like I said, everything, everyone who's reached out to me just to even send me a message saying, hey, I got the book. It's uh, it's 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 so dope. Um, I can't wait for issue two. Everyone who said that um, just, and just about everyone who's reached out pretty much had great things to say about it. Um, thank you. all. Um, but again, I, I attribute a lot of it to um, to the my collaborators on the project. Definitely the creative team. Look, you could definitely see the evolution in a lot of the artwork from issue one to issue two, just in the samples that, that are being put out there. So definitely, definitely kudos to them. Now, um, you, of course, being a Mad Cave uh, talent winner and have had the opportunity to uh, pretty much take advice, have had mentorship uh, from from a couple pros in the game, you know, people that have done indie comics for, for a good while now. Um, yeah. What has been the insight amongst those peers towards the work that you're doing now? Man, I want to give a shout out to uh, Brian Hawkins. He's the editor for Mad Cave. Oh, he's one of the editors for Mad Cave, and he has a book with Aftershock. He has a bunch of indie books coming out. Um, yeah, the Vineyard. He edits a lot of stuff. Um, but And David Hazan, who's doing um, Nottingham as well, but um, the biggest thing that they've told me, and it might sound cliche, um, but you just got to build, man. Once you, um, you got one thing under your belt, um, now you got to see if you can keep, keep it going. Now you got to see, all right, what's the next step in this process? What's the next step in this book? Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. You know, um, I got lucky, uh, with the Mad Cave. I won't say I got lucky. Obviously, I think I've I, I did did something great when I submitted, um, but there's a, a touch of luck in there. Um, but I got my foot in the door. Um, now I'm just, just trying to capitalize. And what a lot of people have been telling me is, you know, now that you've got that first step in there, um, what are you going to do next? What are you going to, what are you going to, how are you going to capitalize on this opportunity? And the way that I'm doing that, um, what a lot of people have been saying is, you know, create. That's really it. Now, um, put more stuff out. Don't just put anything out. Make sure everything is on point as well. Because you don't just want to put out, you know, what everyone else is putting about putting out. Make sure you have your own stamp on it. Um, make sure you tell the stories that you want to tell. Don't just tell a story because that's what everyone else is doing. Um, tell the stories that you want to tell. Tell the stories that mean something to you. But also make sure it's uh, like, Make sure it's good. Find an editor. <laughs> Make mm -hmm. sure you get a second eye, second pair of eyes on him. Um, but, you know, shout out to Brian Hawkins. He's always telling me, you know, build. He always says, um, I can just hit him up randomly. And he says, hey, hey, dude, you got it. Build, keep going. Mm -hmm. Not done yet. Just this is one, this is step one. This is step two. What about step four, five, six, seven, eight? Um, so a lot of them have been extremely encouraging. A lot of them have been, you know, just kind and helpful and, and just giving me advice whenever I need it. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone's been great. You know, even, even I'm going to add to this, sorry. Um, you know, it, it, 
making comic books, it, honestly, it is a, it's competition. You know, there's only so many spots in Mad Cave. There's only so many spots for um, Scout Comics. There's only so many spots um, for whatever publisher because they can't publish everyone. So it is, in a sense, it's everyone, even your friends, they're competition. Um, yeah. But shout out to like the indie comic community because um, even though it is competition, everyone's rooting for everyone. Then no one's gonna get mad if you get a um, a publishing deal with so and so comics. Everyone's rooting for you. Everyone's you know willing to contribute, congratulate you if something happens, and you know they keep putting out dope stuff. Dope. Now, your beginning, aside from the talent competition, uh, you had the opportunity to write in a few anthologies uh, yeah. in the beginning of like your first published works. Would you uh, say that you are an advocate for future writers, future comic writer, comic book writers to start with short stories first and then build upon that in order to basically begin their first issue, like the first full length issue? Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Um, a lot of even when I first started out, you know, I think I made a mistake with having this huge, this huge epic story that's going to take. 50 issues um, to complete, you know, I had this whole, and then after I saw how the pros, the people who had been in the game, five, six, six, seven years, you know, after I talked to them, after I studied them a little bit, everyone, a lot of people said the same thing, start off small, um, even, and you'll, you'll start off small with the possibility of expanding, you know, mm -hmm. you know, tell a self-contained story um even if you don't publish it even if you're just writing a smaller story you know there's always the opportunity to expand upon that um but yeah i absolutely um think that the anthologies um are great ways to one to hone your craft to uh to practice because you're gonna have to practice it's just like any other skill right um but uh, you know, once you get a few stories down, um, I get, it's just like any, any other skill. Once you get a few stories down, then you'll, you'll start getting the hang of it. I, I don't claim to be the best writer ever. I'm still learning. Um, Ryan Hawkins, David Hazan from Mad Cave, you know, they told me, Hey dude, you got to remember that comic books is a, a visual medium. So you don't mm -hmm. have to, don't have to have, um, I remember cause when I was doing the script for, it was just announced today. Um, I'm doing, I did a Nottingham story for Mad Cave. Um, but when right. I sent them the first draft of the script, um, both of them said, hey, man, you got to remember that, you know, comic books is a visual medium. Medium, You don't have to have words on every single page. Let trust, trust your artist to, um, to tell this part of the story. Trust, mm -hmm. um, trust that they know what they're doing because I, I think I just, I just started to get too wordy. Uh, you know, I was trying to explain what's, what's happening in this panel by so-and-so saying something. And, and David Hazan, Brian Hawkins, they said, hey, the readers aren't dumb, man. They know, they know what's going on. Trust, trust your artist. Right. Um, but yeah, so I would say definitely, if you want to be, create, especially in the comic books um, industry or in the indie comic book industry, find some, find some um, anthologies, pitch to them. Um, if you're lucky, you'll get some feedback. You will get um, declined. You will get rejected. That's just a part of it. Um, I, I think, 
just this past two years, I probably got rejected from four or five, got into one or two or three of them. Um, hey. But that's a part of the that's a part of the game, man. As much success as you see Brian Hawkins, as, as, as much success as you see all these people in Marvel and DC and Vault and Image, I promise you they've had more rejections than they have acceptances. Day two out of five is a very good batting average in baseball. Hey, man. Yeah. So hey, I don't find that to be too bad. Now, yeah. how does someone like yourself find balance? You are an educator, first and foremost, mm -hmm. and then being a full-time comic writer. How are you doing this? It's, um, I'm not going to lie, it's tough, um, especially worrying about the Kickstarter. I, I was just telling you, you know, I'm always checking it. I try to force myself not to check it. It's, I'm not going to lie, it's really, really tough. Um, but if it's something you enjoy, and if it's something like, like I enjoy coming up with new ways to market worlds away, I'm like, all right, let me show off some of the trading cards today. Let me show off this um, new page that I got today. Um, if it, it's really fun for me. So that's why, um, that's why I keep going with, um, one, it's, it's very difficult um, to balance everything, especially if you have family especially if you have a social life and all this. Um, but when it's fun, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, and for me, and it's not fun for everybody, um, mm -hmm. but for me, that makes it just a little bit um, easier to handle because I like going out there. I like going out on Twitter and trying to find new ways to say the, to twist the promotion a little bit just to make get one or two backers. Um, but again, you know, it, it is probably the toughest part of it. Um, but it's real. It's for me, it's still fun. So that's how I try to manage. Dope. Dope. Now, what do you hope to achieve uh, with the release of issue two? Uh, I know that generally, like it's always um, there's always the highest of highs when somebody releases their first issue. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is all is like the bridge. It's the crust of the pizza. You know, most of the people eat it. Um, I'm sorry. Most of the people don't eat it. But when people do, people do like the crust of people pizza. Not me. But I know a lot of people <laughs> eat the crust of pizza. You know, but yeah. what do you hope to achieve in issue two? Um, one, I hope to solidify, you know, that core group of people or those core supporters who I know are on board for issue three and four. Um, it was real dope. Um, I'm like mid campaign now, not even a weekend. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the people who back the first issue are back for a second issue. And, you know, just to see them invested in the story. Um, and it's not and it's people, you know, that I haven't interacted with mm -hmm. on Twitter. It's people who I haven't interacted with in real life. Um, but just saying that those that support from the people that genuinely like this. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to most, probably finding even more of those people, hopefully reaching more of those people um, to come back for issue three, issue four, issue five. And really for issue two, uh, I just want to um, I just want to get it out there, man, because there's so much more story to tell. Um, and there's so much more of serenity, specifically serenity. You know, I keep talking about that Serenity is willing to do anything. And I can't wait to get to the point where I really show everyone that Mackenzie, I mean, Serenity is really willing to do whatever it takes to get her daughter off this 
off this plant. So hopefully if we get funded, um, we'll be able to show more of that. Um, and I got some trading cards on there too. If you like dope foil trading cards, um, that's one of the rewards on there. I got a whole stack of them. I'm, I can't wait to get them out there. Uh, but that, you know, just telling the story is pretty much the biggest thing for me because I'm having fun writing it. I'm just having fun and just thinking about where the story can go next. Dope. And I am looking forward to it. Uh, I appreciate you being here and doing this with me once again, man. This is, this, of course, issue two. I enjoyed the hell out of issue one. I felt like the dynamic with the uh, with with basically Serenity and Mackenzie just basically bolstered the fact that how I wanted to read this going forth. So I appreciate you doing this with me again. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully you have me back on for issue three, issue four, issue Bro, five. It ain't nothing but a word. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Because, you know, we'll, we'll real quick. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, but no hopefully you'll, you'll see Worlds Away in some local comic book stores um, next year. I can't say anything quite yet, but hopefully you'll see it in comic book stores nationwide next year. Okay. You, hey, look, you heard it here first, man. I appreciate yeah. it. But um, look, <laughs> um, James Grandmaster Facts Voice, Damian Becton, Worlds Away, issue two, now live on Kickstarter. How many days left? Uh, I think like 23. So we got a good minute. Got a good minute. He already over 50%. He going to make it. All <laughs> right. So, so for everybody out there, go get that on Kickstarter live right now. We are out.